Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, everyone. This is Nancy with Living Relationships God's Way. This is a place where we discuss topics on relationships of the heart. We talk about topics in our daily life and learn together from God's Word how we are to live in relationship with one another and live it out in God's way. So tonight, this is Nancy, and our topic is the word of vulnerability. You know, that's a, uh, that's a big word, isn't it? Uh, if you'd like to know a little bit more about what this uh, living relationships God's way is about and how it links with the word relationships of the heart, just go back to episode one on TalkShoe. If you're listening to us, by phone and you're not on a computer, um, you can go to the web, whether on your phone or your tablet or your PC, and go to TalkShoe, that's Shoe, S-H-O-E, dot com, and in the search bar, place Living Relationships, God's Way, and that should bring our show up. It'll take you to our page, and you can see our archives there. So as we move along, each show will be set up as a past episode. Now, if something ever happens that you see a number that's missing, that just means we've had a glitch with technology somewhere. Um, It is common for that to happen no matter what uh, venue we use. You know, I've listened to a lot of uh, training online of some really large ministries for equipping and training. And They even have problems now and then. So bear with us. If something were to happen that I disappear, just hang in there. That means I will just dial back in, and I'll be with you in a few minutes. If something happens that your call drops, whatever the reason, maybe you have to hang up for a second and then come back on, as long as we're still on the air, you can still dial in and listen or get back on the web and uh, Tonight we'll probably be here for maybe an hour or a little under an hour. So thank you for joining us. Uh, Back to that word vulnerability. Let's start with a definition, okay? The definition of vulnerability, capable of being physically or emotionally wounded, open to attack or damage, assailable to attack violently with blows or words, being in a situation where one is likely to meet with harm, taking a chance of being emotionally hurt by being willing to share what is in our heart. Man, in today's world, that's not an easy thing to do, is it? Uh, That can be very, very scary to begin to share with someone what is in our heart. And I think also we're beginning to uh, move away from it, maybe not because 
it it is something that's scary to us or we're uncomfortable with this. It may be because we are so busy, we're living in surface relationships. You know, years ago, uh, many years ago now, there was a time that I did not realize that I had stepped into relationships that were all surface. I had so many relationships in my life, there was no time to spend um, time with people at one time who were my close friends. And it took a long time for me to reverse that and intentionally learn to live a different way because when we are so busy, there is no time to be vulnerable with anyone. Uh, So we're going to move ahead a little bit with this and we're going to look at some people in the Bible. Uh, But first, let me share another story here. You know, there is a church that I've attended and as what I love about this this church, this group of people, as leaders, they are not afraid to allow people to share their stories. Uh, their struggles. Uh, they're very vulnerable. They do videos on people. They're short. They implement them with uh, the Sunday morning services, but these are just our everyday, ordinary people who are attending the church, and they share their stories. They may share their their tears, their struggles, their addictions. Maybe it's grief, but also. In the sharing, they share the celebration of maybe what they learned in what they've went through, uh, the fires that they've walked through, maybe some relational upheaval. Uh, at the end, they usually have, okay, how they drew closer to God. How did that happen in the midst of pain and, and wounds and struggles? Sometimes there may be stories where it's people that have done something to the person that's sharing. They didn't really do anything to cause it, but people around them caused them pain. Or they were the person that caused pain to others. And that, my friends, is what it means to be vulnerable to a crowd. Because these aren't people that are coming in as a guest and they're speaking and then they're leaving and you'll never see them again. These are people that are part of this body of Christ. That video is up there playing, but at the same time, they're more than likely there on that Sunday and they're walking around in that body of Christ. But it is great to just hear people open their hearts, and share their struggles, but also share their victories in the struggles. And that, my friends, is what it means to be vulnerable in today's world. Now, you may hear me take a little gulp now and then. We are a relaxed show. Any of the shows I've done in the past, and we've had two or three that have went on through the years, um, we keep these really relaxed. So if you'd like to, you know, find a comfortable place to sit, maybe you're listening to this later in the past episodes, find yourself a comfortable place to sit, uh, grab a uh, whatever your favorite beverage is, and just sit down and, and listen. And also we're open at the end of what we talk about for anyone that happens to call in. I have a chat in front of me so I can see if someone is on the web or also if they call in by phone. Uh, don't worry, I don't put anyone on the spot. 
Uh, so we're just going to move ahead, and um, I've got my glass of water setting here, and my voice is getting just a little bit hoarse here. So uh, if you hear me say, um, just a moment, you know, this isn't like seeing on a, me on a video. You can see me pick up my cup or pick up a glass of water. I'll just let, let you know, okay, so you know that's not just dead air that's in there. Um, but as we're going to move first, before we go any further into our life and look at our life, I'd like to look at two people in the Bible. One, first of all, is going to be really, really short, uh, just a few quick notes. And, and this is very common to many people, but we read in Luke 8, 43 through 48, and I'm looking at the New International Version. And in this passage, we're reading about a woman who had a physical problem with bleeding. And this was a problem that had uh, just, excuse me, affected her for years and years. But she was brave enough to make herself vulnerable. Now remember, she is doing this during a culture that is completely different. If she had a, anyone had a physical issue that was ongoing, um, some of the background that I read on this at one time was she would have been pretty much pushed off to the side because this happened for so long. But she decided when she saw Jesus, she became vulnerable. She stepped out in faith even though she could have been emotionally hurt. She didn't know if she'd be rejected by Jesus when she stepped through uh, to touch Jesus. She didn't know when she went through the crowd if someone would recognize her and push her back or escort her out of the area. She didn't know if someone would physically hurt her. All she knew is her heart was drawing her to Jesus for him to heal her. And because she took that chance, because she took that step to become vulnerable within a crowd of people and take the chance of just maybe Jesus will heal her, guess what happened? He did. He healed her. She took the chance and she stepped forward. Now we're going to also move into looking at Elijah. You know, I did a little Googling, got online and and did some looking at different people in the Bible, looking for times in their lives when they were vulnerable and different sorts of relationships. And throughout the Bible, we do not find perfect people. We find people that God called that had really messy lives. Their lives weren't all in order, A, B, C, D, like we try to do today. It seems as I was looking through this and looking for people that were vulnerable, the ones that God used the most were the ones that acknowledged who they were. They knew in their heart. They also had mistakes in their lives after God called them and maybe put them in a, a place that was very powerful. But there's a lot of places that dictate this word. I'll summarize it this way. Oh, woe is me. God, how could you use me? Look what I have done. And these are the people that he used. They were vulnerable before God, vulnerable saying, dear Lord, 
you want to use me? And maybe they were afraid that they were being vulnerable and God would attack them. That's not the God we serve, but sometimes those are the things that go on in our minds. So the person I landed on as I was just kind of leafing through the Bible and got on Google and did a few names and kind of matched them up with the word vulnerability, as where I landed was in First Kings, in the areas where we read about Elijah. Elijah is someone that always excites me. I see him as this big, powerful man. But as I began to read further, and I began to get in the Bible and concentrate on this word, yes, Elijah is a man just like men and women today who God chose to use in a mighty, mighty way. Now, when I opened up my Bible, I'm looking at the New Living Translation, and I see uh, the headings that are setting here or at the top of each section. For instance, in 1 Kings chapter 17, we see that Elijah was fed by ravens. God took care of him. He took care of him, and then when the brook started drying up and the food was no longer there, he told him to move on, and when he moved on, he ended up with the widow at Zarephath. And why he was there, this is a widow that didn't have much, but as he was there with his trust in God and her trust in God, they were both taken care of. And as we see this happening, then we move into 1 Kings 18, and the contest on Mount Carmel begins. I call this, let's see who's the bigger God. Let's see who is the real God. Is it the God that Elijah served? So he sets out to go to war against Baal. Now, remember, I'm doing a big overview here. So if you want all the details, is what you'll need to do is go into your Bible and start at 1 Kings 17 and then read forward and you'll get some, uh, a whole lot more details about this. But I would like to camp out tonight on the word of vulnerable. That's what we're looking at, okay? So we move into what I call this war of Elijah, uh, Elijah's God against Baal. And it's what we find that the God that Elijah serves is the one that wins. We see in 1 Kings 18, 38, immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the ditch. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and cried out, the Lord is God. The Lord is God. And isn't this awesome? Elijah sticks his neck out in faith, believing that his God is going to be the one that's going to swallow up that other God. That is vulnerable. Standing in a crowd against Many other people places us in a place of vulnerability. Okay, but now let's move on a little bit further. We see in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah 
flees to Sinai. He's running from Jezebel. So he just was very vulnerable among many people. God showed himself strong, and now we see Elijah is running. He's running to hide. But, you know, we can't hide from God. He sees us. He saw Elijah walk through being fed by ravens, being with the widow, the success, the victory of God. It was God's victory at Mount Carmel. And now he's running. I just pictured him running as fast as he can to get away. But then we see that God intervenes. And the angel of the Lord came to him and told him to get up and eat because there's a long journey ahead of you. So he gets up and he starts moving. We see in verse 9, there he came to a cave as he is moving. He's moving forward. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah and his vulnerability, he had hung it all out there. His life was all out there for people to see. Now he's being attacked. And instead of staying open to what God is doing, he's just an ordinary man, even though he saw that power. Can you imagine what that would be like? for us as a man or a woman to see the power of God. God tells us what to do. We're obedient. We do it, and all of a sudden, fire comes down. Maybe that would be kind of scary to see that power of God. But once again, as I said, the Lord speaks to Elijah and says, what are you doing here? And I'm going to stop with right there with Elijah and look at our word vulnerability. We may pick on Elijah and say, what a weak man. He is not strong. Here, what did he do? He sees fire come down, and now he's afraid, and he's running. He saw God provide for him. He didn't just see it. It happened in his life. God provided for him in two places as he's making his way to Mount Carmel. And now he's running, and the Lord speaks to him and says, what are you doing? And here is this ordinary man. I don't know. As I'm saying this tonight is what I would feel. I would feel tired after all that excitement. I would feel tired. But look at it this way. Let's turn it, instead of picking on Elijah, let's turn the tables and see what he did right. We see he followed God's directions. He was obedient. He went where he was told to go, made himself vulnerable before crowds. And I'm sure we don't read that here, 
but he was around people, so it's possible that people were talking to him. Maybe he felt just like I, I would, clamming up and going, oh, uh, dear, dear, dear Lord, you've really got me out there where all these like people can see me. I know you're strong. I believe in you, but it's just me. I'm just me. I'm not anything special, and you're giving me this to do. Elijah would have known on the inside of his own heart what he was feeling. Could it be that he was as as the fire's coming down that already he's thinking i've got to get I've got to get out of here. This is just too big, but God chooses to use ordinary everyday people. We read in james five seventeen let me turn there, and I'd like to read this to you. You know, maybe you can think of a time in your life when we use words in the United States of, I stuck my, I stuck my neck out, and I tried. And maybe we sat and we we uh, had a conversation with someone that we trusted, that we thought we could trust. And as we trusted them and we became vulnerable before them, we found out later that things started happening and we became wounded and we became hurt. There were words that were said, there were arguments that happened because we were willing to share our heart and what was going on in our lives down to the depths, things that we may not have shared with anyone. Maybe it's someone that you shared with. It's a, uh, another employee, a coworker. Maybe it's someone that um, in your church that you trusted. Maybe it's a, a friend. And it's what happened. You were vulnerable. You opened your heart and you opened your mouth and you shared from the depths what you were feeling. And it came back to bite you. So now let's go back to Elijah. Here is Elijah at Mount Carmel with a victory and now he's being chased. Do you think maybe he was wondering, God, I put my neck out there for you, and now you're allowing this woman to chase me? What's up with that? But this is what we read in James 5, 17. And I love this. This helps us place Elijah in a place of being someone just like you and I, whether you are a man or you are a woman. James 5.17, Elijah was as human as, get this, as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for the next three and a half years. Verse 18, then he prayed for rain and down it poured. The grass turned green and the crops began to grow again. But back to 17, I want you to notice this. Elijah was as human as we are. Elijah 
stuck his neck out, stuck his life out. Also put God out there to say, God, I'm calling on you. Like what we read right here. I'm calling on you for the rain to stop, and then I'm calling on you for the rain to start. That is faith, but that also is a vulnerability. Do you think maybe if someone knew about this, that they would make fun of him? But he did what God called him to do. And the thrust of this is, what I'm saying here to you tonight, is God chooses to use who he decides to use. And just as we read about Elijah, he was human as we are. And I read a a lot of different articles about uh, Elijah and his vulnerability And the contrast of his life, which I mentioned tonight, all that great success that was going on and following God in obedience and then running. But now I'm going to step out of the area of Elijah and let's look a little bit at our life. Has there ever been a time in your life when God set you up to do something, something came your way, maybe it is something to come on board with something that someone else is doing, and it's a big change for your life, but it's going to require you to be vulnerable before another person. It's going to require you to be honest with what's going on inside of you and what you're feeling. I'll use myself as an example. I have had a um, project. Most people that may be listening to me now or in when you step in and listen on the past episodes, you download it or you find us on iTunes or maybe YouTube or wherever this travels out there or someone shares it with you, um, that I am the leader and facilitator of what is called the Relationship Project. And underneath that is a conference called Relationships of the Heart. Okay, this started long ago. Yeah, this is kind of story keeps going on and on. It's the same story. Uh, but it started on a little piece of paper that I wrote three points on, our relationship with Christ, our relationship with one another, and our relationship with those who do not believe as we believe. That's how what I am doing today started. But it has grown, and it keeps growing. And I'm going to be really honest with you, is what has happened to me through the years, every time it'll be something, I'll be working on it really hard because it's in stages and there's a lot of writing and teaching online and some traveling and I just published the first book. But as I've walked to that point of where I am now, I would have this fear. I would, it was almost like Elijah, although I haven't seen fire uh, come down when I spoke. But I have seen these successes happen knowing it's God, knowing he stepped in. I've traveled to a couple countries, watched God step in because I know who I am, watched him step in 
when I'm obedient, and then I get back home and something happens, and I just, this is the saying, I've shared this with friends before, it's just a saying, I don't do it, but I'm just going to go crawl under the bed and hide. Now, that feeling does pass because God usually sends a person to me or something in his word, but when he sends a person to me, they usually start asking me these questions that require me to be vulnerable. They require me to start speaking and knowing that in this conversation, just like our definition on vulnerability, in this conversation that I, be, I can become emotionally hurt by sharing my heart. That's what vulnerability is about. I'm at that step again right now. Everything is taking another growth spurt, only this time it's a larger growth spurt that it is important that I bring other people on board with me and begin to communicate the behind the scenes, what goes on and how it's put together so we can take the next step. And I can say this, I am feeling very vulnerable at the time, this time because not everyone out there, but there are certain people that I speak to that I allow them to ask any question that they want, and sometimes on the inside I'm going, ugh, man, I could get thrown out or get hurt. Now, I don't believe I'm going to get thrown out, but the getting hurt is everyone doesn't always agree with what they say or what we say. But As I was putting this together to share with you tonight, this is where I ended up. And so this is a word for you to look at your life. And also, I challenge you to look through the word of God uh, when you have some time and sit down, pick someone, I don't know who, maybe there's someone that you just are always drawn to in the Bible, and begin to look at their life in the area of being vulnerable. Take this definition. Look up the definition yourself. You can find a dictionary. If you're listening to me right now online, just go to the web, find a dictionary, or maybe if you have a hard copy at home, and look up the word vulnerability and take that and match it to who you're looking up. Because if you're Listen to me long enough or read some of my writing, you will know my goal is also not to just spoon feed you and have you listen to me and read the Bible to you. I want you to get into it and study it for yourself because the Holy Spirit is going to show you things in your life that may not touch you in the same way as what I am sharing with you tonight. So is what I want to look at to end tonight is what I call the different levels and depths of vulnerability in relationships. And I wrote down five. Now, you could take these on your own and you could break these down in names, or but I just came up with a, a few titles. I'm sure you may be able to come up with some more, but for the sake of time, I have five. I have number one as acquaintances. Now, Look at these as relationships that are uh, not as close to you. This is number one, okay? Acquaintances, employers, employees, family and friends, intimate relationships like dating, getting to know one another, 
And number five, I listed marriage. Now, if I was setting up a PowerPoint or I was in front of you and I could explain this, is what I would do from one to five to the left-hand side, I would draw an arrow starting at the top and pointing down, meaning these are different levels and depths of vulnerability in relationships. As what happens when you move down, they get closer and closer and closer. Now, I'm going to read this definition one more time, okay? And you think of the one through five that I just mentioned. Capable of being physically or emotionally wounded. That can happen in any of these five. But the further we get down, say one, two, three, four, five, the closer we are to one another, is what I believe when we step out in that vulnerability, the deeper the hurt can show up. But also, if we don't take that chance, we will also stay on the surface with those people that we are very close to. Family, friends, we'll start at three. Family, friends, and friends, intimate relationships, and marriage. If we are not willing to speak those words that are hard to speak, let's do this in a general sense. Um, we'll go from three employees and, and employers and employees. That's a little bit different. But from family and friends, intimate relationships, and marriage. What if the other one asks you, one person of two, okay, says, So what do you think about this? I just put this together. Now, you've put a whole lot of work into it. uh, It may be something in your house. It may be a project you're working on. It may be something you're cooking. It may be, say, a guy is putting something together for whether it's his wife or someone he's in a close relationship with. And we say the word, so what do you think of this? And it's really important to us. That's being vulnerable. And sometimes one or two things can happen. The other one can come back and say, man, I really love that and build it up and very graciously find if there is something because the person is asking you a question, so we need to be honest, that we find a way to say it to not hurt the person because they are being very vulnerable. Okay, for instance, for me, the relationship of the heart conference, that's, that's my, my baby. I know it belongs to God. I understand all that. He gave it to me. But I put a lot of time and in a lot of hours. It doesn't replace God. But for me, I call it that. That's my baby. My babies are grown. They're in their 30s. Uh, but that's my baby. So if someone comes along and they just stab at it and they really have nasty words to say, that hurts. And so it's very hard then for me to open up. But if someone comes to me and says, Nancy, you know, I was just listening to you online, da-da-da-da-da, or I just uh, was reading this, or I heard you teaching here and was listening to you. Um, You know, this was really, I really loved this right here, but do you mind if we talk about this one area? 
And I say, yes, sure, because I'm always open to listening. And I say, yes, I am being vulnerable. We both are being vulnerable before one another because they are going to be honest with me, hopefully. I've given them permission. And how do they not know that I'm not going to bite back with saying something that's going to hurt them? So this word vulnerability is something that I've just started looking at. It is included. I had a small little part in the relationship conference that I use. And so I just pulled the pages out to launch a little deeper into this. And as what I'm finding, this is a word that can go on and on, and it's a word that I believe is very important to God. And it is important to God because when we can see it, we see it from Genesis to Revelation, start looking through the Bible, do a little scan. We see people that are vulnerable. They cry out to God and say, God, I don't know how to do this. They're crying out to God when they're hurting. They're really, really hurting, and they need an answer, and they're being vulnerable. Or they go to another person. I think of uh, tonight I wrote down a little bit about Hannah. I'm not going to go too far into her, but but for, for Hannah, the hurt and the pain that she was carrying around because she wanted a child so bad. Bad. And here is Penina, um, I call it just bragging and, and um, mainly being nasty to her. And this woman is hurting. And so when she is in the temple, she is crying out to God, asking him for a child. Now, we know this story, if we've read it, that eventually she has a child, and that is Samuel. But she is vulnerable before God. So I want to encourage you tonight. This is one place. There are people we do need to be careful with. For instance, these five, acquaintances, employers, family and friends, intimate relationships, and marriage. Let's go back to acquaintances and employers and employees. There are people that, um, one, it's not appropriate, um, but two, they're not good for us to just bear our soul, our personal life to anyone that just walks by. Vulnerability does not mean being vulnerable to every single person that's in our life and sharing all those wounds that are in us and what is going on. But there are those places, just like this definition from the dictionary says, taking a chance of being emotionally hurt by being willing to share with what is in our heart. So I'll end with this last word. If you're not willing to share, like lately I've been in a, a, a I will call it a relationship, talking to someone, and and um, some of the questions for me are, oh, on the inside, the word is, there she goes, she's sighing again. But knowing that when we have people close to us in our life, those vulnerable conversations are the ones, the healthy ones, that will bring us closer to one another. And instead of living on a surface level, we will have what I mentioned at the top of these one through five. We will find the depths of a relationship when we are vulnerable. Um, if you listen back to episode one, I explained this as the ouchy words. 
But I can't count how many times in the last few years when I have allowed someone to speak into my life because we have this idea that if someone has hurt us, and, and a lot of us, all of us, we're going to experience it sometime, but it's what happens if we have experienced pain, if we have experienced hurt, we don't want to open up our life even to those that we can trust. But I have found when I take that step, what I find at the end usually is a blessing. It's a blessing in a relationship. So my questions to you this evening are, for you, for yourself personally, if you're listening to this in the past episodes, um, or you're listening to it as the, the buttons hit share and wherever it goes out there, I want to ask this question to you personally. Why is it difficult for you to be vulnerable? Make it personal. That's why I'm saying you. I could say for me, why is it difficult for me to be vulnerable? And then the other question, I call it scary. Why is this such a scary word? Now, we could go through and talk about this more, but I'm not going to do that. I want you to think on what I have spoken about. Now, tonight, my intention was to go in depth about one man in the Bible and one woman, but I only shared a little bit about one woman. And next week, in episode three, as what I'd like to do is discuss a little bit about Esther. We'll be looking at the book of Esther and her vulnerability and what that looked like in her life. So I would love to have you get in touch with me. If you have any comments, you have any questions, maybe some thoughts about what you heard. Maybe you have some other thoughts that this brought up in your mind that I didn't even mention. Maybe something you're going through, maybe something in the past. Just get in touch with me at relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com. Also, finally, I have the first book of three that's available. This is a companion to the Relationships of the Heart Conference, but I didn't want to just put this in the conference. This book is available on amazon.com to anyone. So go to amazon.com and put in or place in the search bar a heart that seeks him, or if you're having trouble finding it, you can email me at relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com. It's available in a soft cover book and also in the Kindle version. So all the information is on that page for you. If you're interested in more information about the Relationship of the Heart Conference, you can get in touch with me uh, through that same email address. I have available a conference that is one or two days. So I am willing to go anywhere, um, but that does mean when I say anywhere, that means we do need to discuss it because it takes transportation and getting me there, and it depends on how far away it is and uh, the safety of the area and and many types of things. So I am open to um, conversing with anyone and discussing if this would work for me to come Uh, to your location. So I thank you for listening to me this evening on Living Relationships God's Way. 
looking at the word of vulnerability in relationships. I hope that there is something that spoke to you and your heart somewhere in your relationships. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.